Let's answer some Hey Joe questions. Joe cracked the dog. All right, this first one comes from Vincent. Hey, Joe, why does everyone online hate Julio? <laughs> why does everybody online hate you, Joe? It's like a a celestial event. Okay. Every time, every time of the year, that Carolina State game comes around. Mm-hmm. Carolina fans can't have everything, want everything, <laughs> can't have everything, but they want everything, uh-huh. and they want to make sure you know that. Shouts, though, to Ron, and I hesitate to share this but it's in in the right spirit so i will Mm -hmm. ryan johnson carolina fan sent me a direct message and he said it's never a good idea to make generalizations about a group of people i sent him back i said you know what you're right true it's a great point wasn't i making that point to you yesterday well joe sometimes you you gotta have sometimes you gotta have people yeah who are kind about it oh and just say, hey, <laughs> just so you know, there are people. And he actually made a great point about uh, the popularity of Inside Carolina. Yes. And their message boards, yeah. which is driven by football. And I said, you're right. And I did say, Greg Barnes did an amazing job yeah. at Inside Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Ross and, and Adam continue to do great work there. So, they do. you know what? That's a great point, Ryan, on both fronts. So, and that's what I communicated to him. So, let's, let's, let's provide a little context here. We we've had this weird recurring conversation about you know Carolina football having won the coastal and and you've just kind of been dismissive of the fans who might be into football and you tweeted this out yesterday. What am I saying that's so offensive here? This is from Joe Giglio's Twitter account. UNC fans live and breathe for basketball and have every reason to. Football is a hobby. It's not the same level as basketball, which is a life's passion. This is not a controversial take, but. You you can feel it's not a controversial take, but when you say that football is a hobby, you are dismissing a group of people that actually does care about football. And yesterday, your argument simply was, well, why are there empty seats? I'm like, well, I can point to any number of places with empty seats. No, I wasn't arguing about empty seats yesterday. Do, you want, do I need to read the text I mean, messages? Oh, that's different. No, bring it up. No, no, no. Bring it that's up. That's different. Bring it up. That's different. Do I have to bring it up? It's a diff- but it's a different argument from what was made online on Twitter. That's sure, all. Sure. But, That's all. But to tie into what you said yesterday that got people worked up, which is part of the reason why you tweeted this out, was simply about people not showing up for football games. That, you know, when it's running no, no, hot, no, no. people show when, up. When it's running hot, yeah. they care. Yes. And, I, there's what, no doubt about that, except as that, we see this year. Except that when it's not running hot, there are still butts in seats. There are people who care about football. And that was always my, that was always my thing. Right. You don't want to bring up the seats, do you? I, I wanted to give credit to Ryan for the point that he and made. And you've you have made yeah. you have you have given him credit. I you did. have given him credit on that. Okay. Particularly in the, the grace with which he made the point. Are you there's saying- a way to do that? <laughs> there is a way to do that. Is that is that a shot at me? No. Or Carolina fans. No, well, you are being the avatar for Carolina yeah. fans. I was a little mean yesterday. I'll own that. I'll own that. That's fine. Because you were running hot. I was running hot. You were running but hot. Not even. I'm, I'm running indifferent. Indifferent. Okay. Okay. Next up. Now lean back. Uh-huh. Lean back. All right, this one comes from Joey. Hey, Joe, is John Shire old enough to get these calls at Duke? 
Shire was trying to work the refs last night, and I guess it just doesn't hit the same when John Shire is trying to work the refs versus Mike Krzyzewski trying to work the refs. And there was a rule change this offseason related to flopping, right? Uh, it used to be you'd get a warning, and then they'd give you the call. Now, officials, and be on a lookout for this throughout the season as we get into conference play and things like that, that they will just call a flop. If you're trying to sell a call, they will call it on you, and that's exactly what happened last night. Uh, in the Duke Kansas game, and I, I thought last night was going to be the moment that the Twitter servers stopped working because everybody would be making fun of the fact that like, oh, now you implement this rule when Mike Shishovsky is no longer the head coach at Duke. Oh, now you do this, and John Shire is going to deal with this. This is a, look. This is something that you point out a lot when it comes to Duke that Jeff Capel kind of dealt with when he went to Pitt and came to PNC Arena. Like, y- you ain't getting that call. Coach K got that call. You ain't getting that call. Interesting game last night. Yeah. Big test for Duke. It's important to note this is not the Duke team that you're going to see in a month or two months. Derek Lively coming off the bench. You know, we don't really know who he is yet. Derek Whitehead didn't play in this game. I, I believe he did suit up at least. Um, yeah, and they're not really anticipating his return on Friday, either, there are so. a few times where I watch Duke and I go, the other team is just more athletic than they are. Sure, that was Kansas last night, and obviously Duke's roster changes every year. But I was watching that game with great interest last night, thinking, okay, I need to spot the shooters mm-hmm. on Duke's roster. Filipowski is potentially one of them. Now he's one of six last night from the three point line. Jeremy Roach is Duke's best player. And Jeremy Roach and his family might take this the wrong way, but Duke's in trouble if they're if Jeremy Roach is their best player. They'll be a good team. They'll be an NCAA tournament team. Yeah. But they I don't I don't believe you could be a great team, a championship team with Jeremy Roach as your best player. So here's the thing that I'll get back to, and we started the show with this, and that I don't have the mental bandwidth to fret about college basketball teams in November. Oh, okay. no, and we, we haven't seen Whitehead, and again, with Lively. Yeah. I mean, Lively looked like a Mark Williams to me last night, and there's nothing wrong with Mark Williams, but it's also not, that's not a Paolo Bancaro, that's not a sure. Jason Tatum, that's not a... But it's entirely possible, too, and it's something that, you know, to, to remain consistent with storylines related to college basketball. NIL's kind of changed the deal. Transfers have changed the deal. Oh, transfers are... And it's entirely possible that nobody is going to look like world beaters right now, okay? And except my Houston Cougars. Oh well, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, or App State, because that you know, big at, win, at big win for App State last night. Are they the best program in North Carolina for basketball? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do it. No, I am. Do not it. Do, I'm not doing it. I'm kidding. No. So there's a, there's a couple factors here with uh, with North Carolina with Duke, I should say. I mean, a little grace period with the 35 year old coach. In the same way that last year we sat here and said, hey, man, Hubert Davis has never been in this situation before. Uh, replacing the guy, there's going to be a learning curve here. I do think, here's the crazy part. I do think that the way this was handled at Duke, where you had the year to prepare for John Shire and he's got the blessing and the, the succession and everything else, has equipped Duke fans to handle this a little bit better, a little bit with, with more understanding than what we saw last year out of Carolina. But, but, that being said, I mean, don't let it get out of hand. I, I remain impressed with John Shire. Yeah. Kansas dominated the first half of this game, even though they only went into the half up by four. 
Like there were stretches where you're watching the game, and I'm just telling you, Kansas, you're like, oh, Kansas has better players than Duke does. And in November basketball, guess what? The team with better players is probably going to win 98% yeah. of the time. Yeah. I love that at halftime they made the changes that they did. And, again, John Shire is running his own race, to use Mike Krzyzewski's phrase. Mm-hmm. He, he's not out there berating the refs. He's not out there working anybody. He's you know that he used eight guys. He probably obviously he would use more if Whitehead was healthy, you know. So that's a little bit different than what we've seen out of Mike Shashevsky. I, I just I do look at the construction of that roster and go if Derek Whitehead is not Jason Tatum, there's going to be some issues there. It's the OG alongside Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Ovi. I think we got time for one more Hey Joe question. Yeah. All right, this one comes from Donna. Hey, Joe, will Bally Sports ever come into the 21st century and connect with streaming services such as Hulu and YouTube TV? I, I will say as an employee of Bally, no comment. I was going to say, Dennis, shut your mic off. We don't want to mess up your money. Uh... <laughs> it's a funny way of spelling Joe there, huh? Uh, Donna? Yeah, yeah. No, it's just it's from Donna. Real? It's a, okay. a real question. I got we got, I actually got two TV questions. I decided to pick one from Hey Joe because the other one was something we've already answered about the ACC network and why doesn't the ACC network like why does ACCNX exist? Well, you can thank John Swafford for that in the Raycom deal. We've we've covered that. But as far as Bally Sports is concerned, this is the first season where Carolina Hurricanes fans can actually get Bally Sports directly. Uh, and I forgot what it is per month. I will admit I'm still using 1999. My, is it 1999? Well, hey Dennis, don't tell your bosses that I'm still borrowing my parents' login. Hopefully they're not listening. Uh, that I'm using my parents' Spectrum login to watch the Canes on the Bally app. Now I th- I feel as though the Bally app through a cable login seems to be working better than those who are like straight up paying directly for the Bally app. That might just be anecdotal, but that's neither here nor there. To answer Donna's question, it's never going to happen. Uh, Where we're headed with streaming and where we've been headed with streaming is the consistent siloing of all these entities. And it's going to break off into a couple different groups. And here's something something to look forward to in the next five to ten years, all right? We we can go back to this date, what is it, November 16th, 2022, to see if I'm right. In the same way that I was right about how the bundle wasn't going to be as lucrative as it used to be. Or cable was not going to be as lucrative as it used to be when I said this ten years ago. It's going to be interesting to see where it levels off for sports rights. You've had both Bob Chappick, the CEO of Disney, and now the CEO of Warner Discovery saying, hey, we're not so sure if we're going to keep escalating what we pay for sports and the return on investment we get on said sports in the streaming world. We're not so sure. So we could be. We could be headed directly into the European model where you're paying these leagues the money directly to watch their stuff. There's only one sport that really seems like it's worth it, and that's the NFL. Everything else might be going in a different direction, including the NBA. So that's just something to keep an eye on going forward. COG, alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovius. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. Speaking of the NFL, one of my favorite things happened in the last 24 hours. Analyst says something person connected to the team responds which means the analyst gets to respond to the person that the team he was talking about was responding to and it's all related to them boys so let's rewind to earlier in the season when Dak Prescott quarterback Dallas Cowboys was hurt 
and Cooper Rush came in and they were winning games. They you know, they they were winning and eventually the the wheels fell off and they lost the game. I forgot who it was they lost to, and everybody's all right, Dak's coming back. But leading up to that point, there was a lot of conversation about, well, if they keep winning with Cooper Rush, I mean do you stay with it? Do you stay with the hot hand, and then you 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 keep Dak Prescott on the sideline, or or just you know when Dak's ready to go, he's ready to go? So what did you say? As a football coach, I would never make a change while I'm winning. Fair enough. The Dallas Cowboys have seen Dak Prescott's return, and they haven't exactly looked like Super Bowl contenders. Okay, and this has led to a conversation about Dak Prescott and whether or not they're getting what they need out of Dak Prescott. Here's Stephen A. Smith on first take. This was yesterday being critical, but I think fair, of Dak Prescott. With that money comes expectations. And I'm going to say this, and I'll give it to you. Jerry Jones has not gotten his money's worth out of Mm. Dak Prescott. Wow. I'm going to say that. And it ain't just because he's my Libra buddy. The fact of the matter is, he's right. You understand? If he feels that way. He has not gotten his money's worth from Dak Prescott, because the Dallas Cowboys go where Dak Prescott takes them. Okay. I didn't think that Stephen A. Smith said anything that was out of turn. I mean, Dak Prescott, in terms of playoff success, is what? Not great. He's been hurt. There's that, too. Uh, when he's been healthy, how good of a quarterback has he been? Let's go to Football Outsiders, my my favorite website. And you can look at DYAR or DVOA. They're basically two ways of looking at wins above replacement in football. And because of the injury, Dak Prescott has not entered into the minimum of 150 passes for quarterbacks. Tua Tagovailoa, by the way, is the highest rated quarterback based on what we've seen so far. That's followed by Pat, the, the, the usual suspects. Tua Tagovailoa, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, surprisingly, at number three. You've got Geno Smith, who we know has had a great season. Josh Allen, even with the interceptions, still valuable to what the Buffalo Bills are trying to do. So, and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's been okay. But when you get into the, you know, minimum, uh, you know, behind, you know, uh, under 150 passes, that's when you get to Dak Prescott. And he leads in that in that regard. But he's also with guys like Bailey Zapp and Mitch Trubisky and Taysom Hill and, and Taylor Heineke and whatnot. And if you look at what his actual metrics are and you include it with the quarterbacks who have had more than 150 pass attempts, you've got Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, and look at that, Cooper Rush. So, yeah, I think that Stephen A. Smith is not off base when he says that they're not getting their money's worth on Dak Prescott. Jerry Jones, of course, heard this and had to respond. Uh, I can say that's uh, uh, not correct. Uh, the uh, uh, The reason that uh, not the reason that's unfair to Dak and fair to all the other players on the team but the strength that I look at of our chance to win a championship is Dak and his leadership at that position Uh, but his leadership but because he plays that position let me say it that way and so uh, I would not uh, and he didn't expect me to I'm sure but I, I don't think that's accurate he doesn't think that's accurate. Do you think it's accurate? What's interesting? What's interesting to me is the way that Dallas plays with Dak Prescott and without Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Because with Cooper Rush, there was more of a tendency to say, you know what? We're going to run Tony Pollard. You know what? We're going to play really good defense. We're going to shorten the game. Yeah. And with Dak, it's almost like, 
well, since we have him and we're spending all this money on him, mm-hmm. we have to throw the ball all the time. We have to go for, you know, we, we have to be super Tecmo Cowboys. We have to be the run and shoot Cowboys. We yeah. can't be the same team that we are with Cooper Rush. Sometimes that mentality when you have Micah Parsons, I, I, it shouldn't be an either-or situation. They should be able to play great defense and still have a great quarterback. You know, it's funny. In a lot of ways, what you just described is how you might be viewing Christian McCaffrey when it's all said and done, right? It's like you got this do-it-all back. You 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 gave him a, a substantial contract, and given what happened to the Panthers' running game and given what they did with the offense, it makes you wonder, were you trying to do too much to get Christian McCaffrey involved? To justify the money. To justify what you brought on, and you know, you, you make this deal to get him in San Francisco. Are, is he getting in the way of what Kyle Shanahan's trying to do with the San Francisco 49ers? Again, it's just something that, you know, cl- cl- the, the, the cliche, I'm just saying, you know, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. So when it comes to Dak Prescott, there is a little bit of a, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. So here's the question. Why don't they just do that with Dak Prescott, who could be a better version of what Cooper Rush is? And when you need him to throw the ball, as you say, well, then you do it. I don't understand why that's so difficult. I don't either. It's interesting when Dak Prescott came into the NFL, I felt there were a lot of comparisons to Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, third round pick. Dak Prescott, fourth round pick. Russell Wilson unseats Matt Flynn. Dak Prescott unseats Tony Romo. Yeah. You're able to build a uh, championship type team around a quarterback a rookie on a rookie deal because you don't have to pay the quarterback more than the rookie deal. And I look at Dak Prescott, and I look at what happened in the evolution with Russell Wilson, and and it became they felt they had to justify, like, no, look, seriously, we can win with Russell Wilson. We don't have to win with our defense and our running game. And it's the same. it looks like the same thing happening here in Dallas. No, 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 we can win with Dak Prescott. This is the way we can win, even though with Pollard and Elliott, and, and again, Micah Parsons is a difference maker. He's a special player. So... It reeks of Jerry, the owner, and quasi-GM saying, no, 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 I know football, and I know that Dak, we can win with Dak Prescott, and that's the way we're going to win. Yeah, and it's gonna it, it could potentially cost him. So, of course, Jerry Jones responds to Stephen A. Smith. So today on First Take, Stephen A. Smith has to respond to Jerry Jones because this is how the news cycle works. Here's Stephen A. Jerry Jones, the star, the popularity, America's team. Mortality, he believes, is knocking on his door. Time's running out. He said this stuff. It's on the record now, right? We got that to point to. We got a backup quarterback that some say has looked better than Dak Prescott has looked. Do I believe that? No. I don't believe that. Cooper Rush is not better than Dak Prescott. I would never disrespect or insult Dak Prescott like that. And then last but not least, to the Dallas radio station out there, you know my number, what you call Jerry Jones for. You know my number. I'm right here. You want, you want me to reiterate what the hell I said? You know what, Jerry, what Stephen A. said about you? Did you hear the latest that Stephen A. said? I said it, and I meant it. So that's Stephen A. Smith on, uh, on what he had to say. And again, I don't think that he's completely off base with what he is saying. You ready to see Baker Mayfield again? Yeah, hey, we are this week, right? Baker Mayfield's back with the Carolina Panthers. Um, look, there, there's, there's been an interesting... Interesting side story with Bank of America Stadium. I honestly forgot that they went field turf at Bank of America Stadium. The reason why they went field turf at Bank of America Stadium is because you got soccer. And if you're going to be playing that amount of stuff on that field, then we know there's been some turf issues with uh, Bank of America Stadium in the past. They said, forget it. We'll just go turf. 
uh, next uh, field turf. Basically, all the quarterbacks have had the same injury this year. Like, they've had, like, and they're starting to blame it on the turf, and there's been some conversation about, can we please go back to natural grass? Knowing that natural grass is a much better way to play football. There's no real need to have field turf. It's like the same thing that I had against, like, Carolina. Like, why did you move to field turf when you had perfectly good grass at Keenan Stadium? But, you know, Mac Brown got his way on that on that particular thing. Yeah, but Baker Mayfield is back. This is going to be the first opportunity we see Baker under a Steve Wilkes coach team. Baker Mayfield, in, under no shape, form, or fashion, was good when he had started the season and before he got hurt. But as we're kind of finding out with this Panthers squad post-Matt Rule, how much of that was what they were trying to run? How much of that was Baker Mayfield? We shall see sooner than later now that Baker is back. Hopefully he doesn't headbutt anybody without a helmet again. That was a thing that was happening this past weekend.